Welcome back to Reexamined. I'm Toby. I'm Emily. I'm Amanda. And I'm Jesse. On this podcast, we take a look back at pop culture touchstones that influence society. This season, we're reexamining the Twilight Saga. While we are by no means professionals or even critics, we're gals in our mid-twenties that love consuming and talking about media. This episode, we'll be taking a closer look at vampires. What about the way vampires are written and presented made Twilight stand apart from so many other franchises? So apparently, I did not know this, um, but vampires come from this like medical disease. I mean, medical disease. Haha. There's a disease called porphyria, which basically, I think they discovered it in like early 1900s, late 1800s. Mm-hmm. But it has like all the characteristics of vampire. Like these people, what happens is like their hemoglobin levels go really down to their like iron deficient. So it like causes them to have like sensitivity to light and wow. they're pale and their gums recede. So it looks like they have fangs. Oh my and God. They doctor also prescribes them would prescribe them to drink like animal blood because it would seem to help oh like, how horrifying help them isn't it funny that it it always feels like any like type of mythology like always originated with like just like ignorance like the same thing as like the salem witch trials like turns out they weren't witches they were just like smart women <laughs> who, <laughs> who like ha- like yeah. believed in science and stuff it's like whoa um, Jesse, I don't know if, or I don't know if any of you guys have seen, um, or read Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm-hmm. Have you guys? Yeah. I, mm-hmm. But I, I actually, did read about it before this. Okay. I read it a long time ago and I watched it and then I just rewatched it, um, a few days ago and I totally forgot, but the doctor, so there's a woman who gets bitten, um, and the doctor thinks that she has that. He like starts to do like a ton of blood transfusions and he's like, it's a disease. It's a disease. Mm-hmm. And then they like see the bites on her neck. And then it, it there's a whole other lot of other shit that happens. And then they realize that it's not the disease. But that's kind of what they thought in the movie, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the information I actually got this from was saying that, like, I think only eight years before they had actually like it had actually been a disease like in the medical history or whatever and then Bram Stoker wrote his book so they think that he was inspired by oh porphyria mm-hmm. yeah but um i mean obviously what most commonly vampires seem to represent is like sexual repression right i'm sure that everyone got yeah. that in their reading like kind of yeah. leading up to this episode especially you know, Bram Stoker was written like during the Victorian era where people didn't talk about sex. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like a vehicle for that. Yeah. I took a class in um, college that was like vampires in cinema. And it was actually so interesting. My my professor literally like was a vampire. Like he was from like Transylvania <laughs> or whatever. I swear to God, he wore black every day. It was like very strange. But he talked a lot about how like vampires 
themselves are, like, a really big, like, metaphor and, like, messaging for, like, homoeroticism and stuff like that because you'll see, like, vampires, like, preying on others and, like, blood is, like, what they just... I don't know. I I didn't pay attention that much in the class, but I remember that being, like, a hot-button topic that he would always throw out there. And he actually didn't hate Twilight. We had to watch it in the class, and he he was, like, not opposed. Well, I think a big part of it is just, like, uh, vampirism as a metaphor for, like, you know, sexual desire and not in the, um, like, normative way. Like, it's from the Victorian era, so they didn't talk about sex. And especially, like, more, um, I guess, just, like, taboo types of sex and types of, like... Yeah, it's, like, bloodlust. Like, like you know, like, the hush topics that you shouldn't, like, speak of, but, like, everyone kind of feels it or whatever. Well, and, like, vampires in general, a lot of lore is, like, they're demons. Like, they're not, like, regular... Like, Twilight is a very tame iteration of vampires. Like, in Bram Stoker's Dracula, Dracula is a warrior defending the Catholic Church. Right. His wife commits suicide... Um, thinking that he died in battle and then he comes back and she's dead and he's like I can't believe this happened I was defending the church he like has this whole rant he stabs the cross Mm. and then he drinks the blood that comes from the cross and basically is like I'm renouncing my faith I'm renouncing like everything good and I'm going to like really fuck shit up yeah. And that's how vampires started in that story. It's like, and he's like a demon essentially. Sacrilegious behavior. Oh I mean yeah I also was reading that the reason why the connection is so strong to like sexual desire is because vampires suck blood and it's like an exchange of like bodily functions. Yeah, Yeah, bodily fluids. So that's like, I was like, oh, I never thought to, uh, yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, duh. But also, (laughs) like, it's kind of interesting that like, obviously vampires have been around in cinema and like media for like a long time, but I feel like it was around this like twilight time when they started there was like a transition from like like you were saying Emily like them being like evil beings and all of a sudden they're just like sexy. Uh, the vampires are sexy well, like, like everywhere. <laughs> I feel like they were always sexy but it was towing the line between like disgust and desire whereas like know. now it's Nosferatu, just desire. He was not I don't a- think they were always <laughs> sexy. Yeah. I was doing um, some reading like about Twilight and the Vampire Diaries and whatnot where they maintain, just because of the concept of like a a vampire being vegetarian, they're maintaining their sexiness and that appeal, but they're like the tame vampires. So people, they're more palatable. Mm, That's interesting. Because also in Vampire Diaries, Damon is not a vegetarian, but some, not I, but some might (laughs) argue he was a sexier brother. I think I think he I, I think it's known that he was a sexier brother, but we don't have to go into that today. No, we don't have to. I agree, and I also think in general, Vampire Diaries, you know, questions morality. Most of the time, they don't just like kill humans the way like vampires were depicted doing before. Anyways, mm-hmm. so the vampires in Twilight are all like when they die, when they become vampires, they're all like beautiful. Right? And it's like a like it's explained as like that now they'll be able to like lure their prey in. But actually In just, Twilight. Right, in Twilight. Right. Yeah. 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 In Vampire Diaries it's just a coincidence. It's like the product of CW. <laughs> <laughs> but in Twilight it's like part of the lore. But I thought it was really funny. I was reading like this article and it was like Okay, in Twilight, if you're attractive when you become a vampire, if you're attractive as a human, you become, like, a beautiful vampire. Like, Rosalie 
is like the example. And then they're like, if you're pretty good looking, you'll become like really attractive, like whatever, Bella, whatever. And then they're like, if you're not good looking, you become average like James. <laughs> it's like Burn. The, it was like the example they gave. And I was like, oh my God, like. That's actually really funny. Yeah. You're right. Cause it's like Hollywood can only go so far. Right, you know what right. I mean? Like there's only so many Nikki Reeds or. Yeah. <laughs> Why do people love vampires so much, like, in general, like, big picture? Like, any type of vampire media, it doesn't matter what it is. It's, like, Buffy, Twilight, like, True Blood, Vampire Diaries. Vampires are, like, representative. They're, like, a taboo thing. It's, like, the thing that you shouldn't want, but you do. Like, the bad boy or, like, whatever. Like, star-crossed lovers. Like, there's nothing more star-crossed than a freaking vampire a creature of the night and a human especially when you consider in traditional vampire lore humans are awake during the day vampires literally cannot go out during the day in a lot of mythology like i'm sorry romeo and juliet have nothing on that type of star-crossed energy you know what i mean like, Buffy, an angel. She's literally the vampire slayer. He's a vampire. Like, the heart <laughs> wants what it wants. I don't know. Yeah, totally. I mean, but that's the thing, though. I don't think that vampires were truly considered romantic beings until, like, later on in modern history with, like, Anne Rice, maybe. But before then, they were mostly used as, like, metaphors for just sex mm-hmm. or like immigration or like the foreigner fear of the foreigner fear of mm. whatever um and you know in a way i think that's what make made twilight also so popular that it was the first time we were seeing like a tameish version of the vampire because you know stephanie meyer had all these references in her head when she was writing the book so she kind of mashed it all up in one of like okay so the vampire with Anne rice was like turned into this total sex symbol and so she kind of like pulled it back and like made it represent chastity somehow (laughs) i don't know and Anne rice is like Anne rice is like a sex writer yeah like that's not for for kids you know were the Anne rice vampires like also either vegetarian or like did they drink people's bloods they drink people's bloods Right. Yeah, they drink people's blood. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I was just going to say that I think, and this kind of goes back to something that I said earlier, the fact that the Cullens, and specifically like Edward, um, are vegetarian vampires. It makes it almost okay that you like them, and it, and it almost makes them even more of a superhero because you know mm-hmm. that they want to, and they can't control the fact that they want to drink blood. So it makes them even more special and even more attractive. Right. Because they're they're resisting their primal urges in order to be good. There's this book that talks about like monsters in movies and just like in general, not even just in movies in like culture. And I found this there's this quote in the book that I think is really cool and it kind of like gets at what you're saying, Amanda, and what we've all kind of been saying, but maybe just in a more concise way. It says monsters are created in order to delineate where the acceptable boundaries of action and emotion exist. However, while killing the monsters allows us to cast out 
socially unacceptable desire, the prevalence of the monsters in both history and fiction reveals humans, humanity's desire to see and experience the forbidden. We seek, write, we seek, write about, and display monsters as both warning and wish fulfillment, and monsters, therefore, reveal that the line between desire and disgust is often too thin. Yeah. Hmm. That's so interesting because that, that's so true. Like, that's like, created. you're right. That sums it up better. Like, why are we doing this episode? <laughs> <laughs> Just read the book about monsters. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And there's actually this really interesting tie all in that vampires also represent like capitalism and like oh my God. people like this whole capitalism is sometimes described as like this blood sucking entity that like sucks the labor from us and everything. And people have also used this theory to um, hypothesize why vampires kind of like the popularity of them come in kind of waves. Mm. And this is actually very fascinating. I'm just going to read from this for a second. It's from Bitch Bitch Media. In his 1867 pamphlet, Capital, Karl Marx explicitly referred to Capital as a vampire-like, able to survive only through sucking living labor and growing stronger and more powerful with time. So, like, there's this, you know, connection between, like, vampire, capitalism, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Bram Stoker, like, deliberately took upon this uh, metaphor. And basically... When there have been recessions in America, we've seen a resurgence of vampires in popular culture. So like when Anne Rice did write her novels, it was coming off of a recession. Oh, my God. And, and then Twilight 2008 came off of the 2008 recession. Oh and we saw God. a Twilight resurgence after the COVID coronavirus, which we also had a huge dive uh, in the economy as well. So it's like this whole idea, too, That's that insane. like vampires... Yeah, but there are these patterns that come up, too. And uh, this article says resurgence in vampire pop culture often align with U.S. recessions. Both the blaxploitation classic Bacula and Interview with a Vampire, the novel that launched horror superstar Anne Rice's career, came during the economic instability of the 1970s. The Great Depression of the 30s, meanwhile, brought us uh, Bella Lugusso's definitive Dracula, who, along with Carl Theodore uh, Dreyer's Vampire. Hmm. So... That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, and and get this too, the economic downturn of the early 1990s brought upon uh Buffy. Wow, but why is that though? Like people are yeah, I don't get it cuz people are so like depressed by capitalism and like they're getting their blood sucked so they want to see people getting their blood sucked. Like I don't Part of it could be that if there is some sort of depression and just as we've seen with corona People are at home more. They have less to do. They have more time to be creative. They have more time to spend writing and whatnot. But I wonder how, you know, the idea that it's connected to capitalism uh, either interacts with or, like, disproves the idea that vampires are popular because they're sexy and, like, Mm. used in a device in that way. Because the two aren't connecting for me. Yeah. But maybe, I don't know what you guys think. Does there have to be a connection? I think it can mean two things at the same time. And Like, you know, the metaphor of a vampire is pretty broad in that it's like sucking the life out of something and it's dark and mysterious. Like, that can be true to a lot of different things. Right. I think the capitalism fact is super interesting. Like, I'm not discounting that at all. But I think it can mean multiple things to multiple people, like... 
I think in like in the case of the colons, right? Like personally, when I was first reading them, like what draws you to the colons is that they're kind of like unattainable. They're like they're like this every single person in the family is like perfect in their own way and mm-hmm. like as a reader, remember we already talked about how Bella is like a placeholder, like as a reader, as Bella, you're you just instantly want to be a part of it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like Yeah. And the funny thing is like the Colons don't have to subscribe to capitalism at all and neither do any other vampires. They don't have to live like that. Most vampires are rich. They don't need money or like they find a way to like swindle their money. So they're not even a part of the system that like they're taking from which makes sense because even in the physicality like no one can use their bodies for anything other than i guess sex but like they're constantly needing to feed off of other people you know that's a really good point and i was thinking about that too because i was like what's the connection like this is so like what's the connection you know but also too like vampires at the end of the day are a monster that are is supposed to kind of like reflect our fears in general Mm -hmm. like humanity's fears whether that may be like under repression like sexual repression or blah 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 or like capitalism but I was thinking that too and I'm like I wonder like when S. Meyer was writing this like the Collins exist outside of this capitalist system Mm -hmm. like the reality is I'm sorry but are you suggesting that Stephanie Meyer thought about this When she First was running, I, I think it's a product don't hate, of don't hate on my girl S. Meyer. Wait, <laughs> Just kidding. I, even if she didn't, I, I have like, no skin in the game. Have you guys no, ever listen. written something and then gotten comments yeah. and they were like, "Ooh, I love the way you did this," and you're like, "Oh, I know." No, 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 it's, it's a product of the time and of the it, era. Exactly. Like she it's subconsciously a of the did time. that. Yeah, and, and and also too like. Remember what I said last episode? I don't know if S. Meyer voted for Bush or not because of his policy on abstinence only. And if that's why, like, whatever, <laughs> if that was in her head. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just the time. But I'm, I say that because it's like, you don't, as an artist, she's not writing this all in a vacuum. You, you know, guys, it's like, that's you, on her mind too. Like the 2008 recession, like whatever, like probably graduating with a with a lit major like trying to figure out your next job like you're gonna tell me your fantasy isn't going to include a group of people that live forever and their bodies aren't used for labor and they can actually enjoy their time and learn all these skills and like alice like fucking predicts the stock market and uses it to her benefit and that's how the family's rich not cool you know it's not cool alice I was just thinking of like how vampires were viewed before and how they're viewed in Twilight. And we kind of already talked about how they're viewed in Twilight as like a more tame type of vampire. You know, we all talked about it, but Edward's view of vampires is actually way closer to what the Bram Stoker Twilight, the Bram Stoker vampire is, which is like some type of like demon Mm -hmm. slash like, um, damned soul situation you which mean I the thought way was edward views himself yeah like he and, and just like the vampire race like it's not just like oh we're vampires and there's nothing else wrong with us like he is very very clear in the series that he thinks that his soul is damned just and he's very dramatic about it mm. it's almost like he watched that movie and thought that that was yeah. 
I think that that is just kind of a metaphor for how people can hate themselves. And also you hear people, just people talk all the time about like humans are a cancer on this earth. We're just using up all the planet's resources. We're killing all other animals. Like there are people that have similar feelings about humans. Yeah, Mm. that's true. That's That's true. An interesting interpretation. But the initial thing that I thought in my head was like, whoa, you're so right about that, that Edward kind of views himself as this traditional version of the vampire, which is really interesting because it just goes to show like, it's kind of like fourth Wally as far as like Stephanie Meyer, like kind of fourth wall for me. Yeah. Because it's like, it's her compounding all these ideas of like what the history of the vampire was. And it's like, hey, no, I'm arriving you here. Like we're going to have the intersection of, you know, these Jane Eyre, you know, romance novels and the disgusting vampire. Like this is where I do the intersection. And so like for me, that's kind of what it, when you said that, that's what came to mind. It's like, oh, it's like she's taking these two things and going, putting them together. And I also thought it was really interesting how like, um, I think in Twilight, a lot of the male vampires, or I guess really just Edward, kind of follows that, like, general um, stereotype of, like, a male vampire, just that, like, he's moody and he's, like, has some issues, whatever. He gets, he finds redemption in love. Mm-hmm. Um, but Stephanie Meyer really pulled one out for the female vampires because in, like, almost every iteration of vampirism I've seen, where there's female vampires, they're always, like, super slutty, and they don't really have any background story. They're just like, we want to have sex with you and then kill you, and there's no, like, this is, like, for the male vampires, it's always, like, like I said earlier, oh, he was abused or whatever, and now he gets redemption in death or gets to live. Like, a lot of times, either it's a noble death right. that, like, in like in Bram Stoker's Dracula, his death is actually pretty... um it comes full circle and it is like kind of a noble death in a way. Uh, and there's like some female vampires in the series who just like get their heads cut off for no reason. And yeah. it's like I kind mean, of ridiculous. And Stephanie Meyer doesn't do that. I mean, no, I mean for sure. Like Rosalie, although her death is like super fucking tragic. Like she gets like, she got mad redemption. And murdered. She, yeah. She gets a mad redemption. She goes and kills all the guys that like, attacked her and killed her but i will say though um you guys like one thing i find like interesting about like the theme in every single vampire like at least modern vampire um romance story whatever it's always like this idea of like time and like as like humans we always think about time as like the one thing that we can never get enough of right like everyone wants more time but in every single iteration whether it's twilight vampire diaries whatever it's like the one thing that like if given enough of it that vampires are like like it's the one thing that comes in the way because they're not able to grow old and be with well it's very isolating like you're completely one way or another you end up losing everyone you love yeah you know, Fiat. and you don't get to experience things. Same. I way. wonder too, though, if that's like also liberating, though, because it's like you have all this time. Like just going back to the idea of like they don't have to use all their time for labor, so they can like use their time to live their life. 
Man. Well, I think it is liberating in a way at, at the start of it, but then there's only so much freedom that you even want or need. Like, yeah. Well, and, and there's this idea that like people view their lives as meaningful or what helps give your life meaning is that you know that there's an end mm-hmm. and like their life is their life, you know, whatever you want to call it is eternal. So what are they supposed to do? Like, what is their purpose? It kind of changes. They're just bumbling along for centuries. Damn. Wow, we just got real mad deep here on the pod. It's actually really sad. I'm, I guess that's why they have covens and stuff, because it's like they're so close to them. Because at the end of the day, it's like all your human companions will die, but you'll, and your vampire why, people will still be around. That's why mm. vampires have such a reputation for, like, depravity and like destruction because they're alone right. and it's things don't point. really mean as much. They're like whatever. You know. Hmm. They, they do they yeah. they do be brooding. <laughs> yeah. talked a lot about the history of vampires what makes vampires in general so popular but now let's talk about the colons because we're talking about twilight so when you guys think of the colons what is the first thing that you think about i always just i feel like i just thought right about the scene right when they entered the cafeteria and it's like (laughs) slow-mo she's like who are they and jessica's like those are the colons anna kendrick like a young anna yeah. The baseball scene. Oh. Uh, Carlo. <laughs> yeah, there's something kind of ridiculous about the Twilight vampires, right? Like I feel like and I think this is something we mentioned um right at the beginning, but the idea of like a chosen family. Yeah. And I feel like they are very much that and they have a lot of loyalty to each other and a lot of care for each other and obviously once Bella becomes quote unquote a part of their family because Edward has chosen her in whatever way like she's a part of that too like they go to the ends of the earth to protect her as well probably also being like an only child from like a a marriage a broken family if you will but also like they are like a chosen family but are they really a chosen family because didn't Carlisle change like most of them without their consent not consent yeah all of them except for um, but they could leave yeah, they but it's also leave. that people do that with their families, too. It's like, okay, well, I was born into this family, right. didn't have a choice in it, but... Yeah, but you can always leave your, your toxic-ass family, like... Yeah. That's true, but... People do so that all the time. They choose about, to be okay, together. Okay, you guys, we can't talk about... This is what I think about. We can't talk about the Cullens as a family unit without talking about the fact that the entire world, like, sees them as a family when they're all, like hooking up with each other like we can't ignore this it's and it's, everyone in the town low-key knows it too everyone knows it like rosalie and emmett are so clearly a couple jasper and alice are so clearly a couple i know they're adopted or fostered or whatever but it's still weird like i don't think it's that weird at all and that makes me feel weird the fact that you don't think it's weird <laughs> they are they're not they're not related they weren't raised together oh my God. if i got put in a foster family right now with with a foster brother like it's not weird like Did i don't you think watch that that's the weird at all. right now 
Toby. And I also didn't think that that was weird. So here's the thing. Um, Yeah. I mean, okay. It's not weird because they kind of. Okay. You guys are saying it's weird because outside people don't question it. No. Like, is that Um, what you're saying or. I think that it's weird because they do question it. In in real life, they're in real life. If they were human beings, um, and they were dating each other, it would be, I would think, pretty destructive to the children. Like, you're trying to be yeah. raised in this family unit. And I don't there's... think CPS would be cool with it. Is what I'm saying. Like... <laughs> no, no, no. But the thing is, too, it's like they were also like. Emmett and Rosalie, like Rosalie became part of the family first, I think. And then Emmett joined the family. But it was also like that was the intention of also Emmett joining the family to be Rosalie's mate. I think something like that, like something along those lines. So like when they joined the family, they were intended to have like partners. Also, too, something that's not really stated in the vampire, Stephanie's vampire. Sorry, Meyer. Meyer's vampire lore. uh, It's like they kind of mate for life. Mm-hmm. Kind of, and it's like kind of an in between, an in between, read in between the lines type of thing because it's like James was, or Victoria and James had this really super strong connection, and it seems right. like the other vampires have that like lifelong connection too. And even with um, Jasper's friends, Charlotte and the other guy. So, mm-hmm. like, that seems like a reoccurring theme. In that sense, I don't think it's weird because they're just life mates, but as in like the perception of how people see them and like if it, were like if they were humans like yeah that's fucking weird you don't you don't ever want that but the people who we're talking about that see them are other kids at school you're telling me that if you had friends at school that happened to be foster brother and sister that you'd be like oh my gosh this is so wrong yeah i would be like what the fuck like yeah, your no. brother and sister that's, to me that's just like kids breaking rules and doing yeah, whatever but they totally. want what like, if what if you adopted a kid technically you're adopted so you don't I, have the same genes and but I is also, it okay i also feel like the colons like even Ew, though wait, they were a foster family they were never really presented like a like a foster family like it was known that they were like a a family like they were a family they like went there together you know what I mean like they were a family they were adopted yeah but it was like it was like a Jasper and Rosalie were twins and then uh, Edward Emmett and Alice and Edward and Alice were also brother and sister and then I guess Emmett was but yeah they the the Carlisle and Esme would have been too young to birth them right because they were young they were yes. in their 30s so like, but they were still a family unit. Actually, they, were still they weren't unit. in their thirties. Actually, Emily and I have a fun little game to play. We yeah. took, we took the liberty of looking up all of the Cullens' ages, both the so both their ages like total that they would have been at the beginning of Twilight, and also the age that they were turned at, so the age that they appear to be forever since they're vampires. Mm-hmm. And I think some of these would shock you guys. Yeah, it's a bit shocking. So if you guys want to guess, that's why Amanda and I only know the answers. Don't Google them. Yeah, we have a secret email exchange going on. So for Carlisle, can you guess um, how old he actually is from his birthday? Like his date of birth? To 2008 or 2007? Yeah. Yeah. 2005, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. 206. Okay. Yes. Uh, I take it back. 500, 500. Oh my god! Whoa, <laughs> he was he was alive um, during like the Renaissance, so he was like alive when Leonardo da Vinci was alive. So like, using I'm really schools. gonna make I'm really gonna <laughs> you're gonna, make gonna get crushed. Look stupid, but 
I'm Jesus. assuming that's that's got to be like I don't know, like a millennia ago. So <laughs> Do you know what the Renaissance word, <laughs> What the fuck what is the a millennia? Jesse, what is Jesse, that a millennia? What? Uh, Jesse, isn't that a, isn't that a thousand years? <laughs> Jesse, 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 when do you think the Renaissance was? Do you think Which that there were wait, wait, the Renaissance was it in the 1500s? Is that a millennium? That's ago? only 500 years. <laughs> okay, Jesse? sorry, right? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> it was. You're right. You're right. Not the year 1000. The year like 1500. So right. he's probably like 500 years old. Okay, so you both said 500, but the correct answer is actually 365. So he's pretty old. But here's yeah. what's more interesting, and I this think this is honestly, the shocker, disturbing. How old do you think he was when he turned? AKA, how old does the world see him as? 20. 32. 20 or 20. 32? We're going to meet range. somewhere in the middle and say 23. 23. 23. And he's supposed to have foster kids and be a like fucking surgeon? In a doctor? I didn't know that. Yeah. He should be an but listen, He's not even out of medical school when he's 23. <laughs> what is he doing as a doctor? He's, he's barely out of undergrad. But the thing is, they do they do mention this in the book, actually. And the way they, like, combat this is, like, they just, like, dress him more serious, you know? And I think Carlisle tries to carry put him in a lab coat. older, too. It's a yeah. little ridiculous. He has, that, he has that energy. He has surgeon energy. What right. does that mean? Okay, Jasper. I don't think he's a surgeon, but whatever. Think, think about it. Think about it. Jasper is, um, okay, so he fought in the Confederate War. Oh, wait. How old he is? <laughs> 28. <laughs> he just got turned. He, he's, he's 211. Okay. Okay, he fought in the Confederate War, which was like Civil 1840. War. Civil War, sorry. Let's not he give them his- credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. He fought in the Civil War. So that was like 1840s, which was, that's like, he's math. like. She's trying to do math. Fast <laughs> so math. Jesse, do fast math. I can't. Uh, he's <laughs> like two, 235. Okay, so Jesse, here's the thing: is like you're you're not wrong, but your math was wrong. Yeah. Um, he did fight in the Civil War, but he was he's 161. Dang, <laughs> that was just so I was sad. closer. I was closer. The Civil War wasn't that long ago. Right, right, right. You know well, I mean? it was. No, it's exactly it's around where you said, but no, I know. I just mean just... like 160. Oh no, 161. That's fine. Like, some it's people... not that many Jesse... years ago. Jesse's really applying logic to this, and I'm going with you're my gut shooting. feeling. Just, oh, shot. and so what age was he turned at? 28. 18. 19. Yeah. Nine. Were Jasper very young is 19. Yeah. Jasper. Wait, what did, you, what did you say, Toby? 28. Why would he be in Toby, high Your guesses oh, are too high. Like, Hold on a second. Hold on a second. High. Hold on a second. I'm, what I'm doing... What I'm doing is I'm looking at the actors in my mind and guessing how old they are, okay, which uh, is the wrong way to go about school. this. He's in high school. All right. Esme, how old do you think she is in 2005? This one, I don't know. I'm going to say um, 96. Oops. 312. <laughs> She's so only 110. Sucker. <laughs> what age do you think she was turned at? 21. I think she's a little older, so like, uh, she's probably 25, 26. Ooh! Ding, ding, ding! 26. 
26, baby. We got a winner. Nice. Good job. I wonder how much maturity wow, comes I know my Twilight. Look yeah, at this you. Is very validating. I feel like this gives That's us a lot of Esme's credibility mom, as a podcast. Because her brain is formed. She's the only one who got a fully formed brain. That's what I was saying. I wonder how much maturity <laughs> is is because of your life experience or because oh, your right. brain is like adult. <laughs> That's terrifying. Yeah, because your brain doesn't stop start until fully, you're 25. Yeah, until you're 25. Yeah. Wow. Also, okay. I, just, I don't know. I, we don't have to go through all the ages. Yeah. My only point in in this segment, you guys, although it was fun, the point is to really illustrate how freaking creepy and weird they looked as a family to the outside <laughs> world. You've got like a 23 and a 26 year old, and like a bunch of like 19 year olds. Like that's their family. It's weird. Thanks for listening to Reexamine Podcast. Make sure to subscribe or follow us on whatever platform you're listening on so you don't miss a beat. Next week, we'll be reexamining the wolves. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at, at @reexaminepodcast and let us know who you think is sexier, Nosferatu, Edward, or the Salvatore Brothers. This podcast is produced and edited by the four of us, and our music was composed and produced by Whitney Miller. Bye, we'll catch you on the next one. See you next time. Bye. Please don't use that bye. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye. For real.